You are listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith in life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. Recorded on the Boggy Bayou of Niceville, Florida, and hosted by James Ross and Justin Wyatt, pastors at Church on Bayshore, this podcast dives into how to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk, where we have conversations about faith in the mud, talking about things that sometimes are messy, not always clear, sometimes bog us down, but ultimately we want to view things in the with a kingdom perspective. So we're thankful you are listening or watching with us today. I'm here with my friend James. Hey, everybody. You're looking very festive in your orange. Thank you. For those who can't see me who are listening, I'm wearing a very bright orange uh, shirt because Halloween's like 10 days away, right? 11 days away? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Fall festival we have for our us fall festival. this week. So you yeah, should be right. there. Trunk or treat. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I say, you said orange, and it made me, we, Christina had this debate one time about that word, because I said orange, like that's how I used to say it, she's like, it's orange. Orange. It's two syllables? Orange, orange. orange. And I would just be like, it's orange. I think like, you say orange if you're lazy, like oil. Like, you say oil. Yeah, oil? Oil. But you say oil. Orange. I'm from Georgia, we say orange, because it's a... It's a Florida color, so we, we don't properly credit it. are on the Boggy Bayou, so you can say it however you want. On the Boggy Bayou. That's right. Of... Niceville. With a which, bunch of people that have PhDs that live on the Boggy Bayou. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's why they changed the name. <laughs> to Niceville. The town used to be called Boggyville, right? Boggyville? Boggy Bayou. Boggy Bayou. And this they, church was originally called Damascus Road Baptist Church at Boggy Bayou. That is a name. I prefer D Boggy Bayou. I don't prefer Damascus, Damascus Road. Church at, that's a lot of, our church would have definitely made it into an acronym, (laughs) people here in documents. (laughs) That's right. And there would have been a flow chart about why it's called. (laughs) Yeah. But every time I am somewhere and they say, where are you from? And I say, Niceville. It's like, I bet it's nice there. Is that a real place? I'm like, yes, it is. And yes, it is nice. It is. It is (laughs) very nice. Of course, then people were like, oh, you're in Florida. I bet you go to Disney all the time. I'm like, no. One, we have six kids and we can't afford to go to Disney. Second, it's a long way away, so we don't just go every weekend. That people Speaking think that. of that, it's Pastor Appreciation Month, so if you <laughs> no, want you no, to you pay didn't. for Justin to go to Disney, he no, would gladly okay. I prefer you pray for, pay for my kids' braces. <laughs> pray for their kids' pray, braces? Pray, pray for, yeah, those two. Okay. Um, man, you <laughs> didn't just say that. <laughs> so we are in week uh, two of God and Country, talking about uh, you know, the season of politics, which isn't really a season, but specifically this uh, cycle, this election cycle here, and things are hot and heated, and we talked about last week how above all the fray, we are called to live with a Christian uh, kingdom, excuse me, a kingdom mindset, that we are citizens first of the kingdom. And, you know, as we talk today, we're talking about um, two, two different mindsets, really, that kind of are two different, I guess, views, worldviews, yeah, or perspectives yeah. of, of our nation. And, you know, I think, you know, all of us have seen recently how you know, divisive and explosive things are. And I think, you know, as we talk about this, you know, as, as a pastor, you know, we want our, our, our people and our church, our friends to just be able to be reasonable about conversations. And, you know, Paul writes in Ephesians 4, he says that, uh, 4.3, he says that we should be eager, you know, that we're talking, bearing with one another mm-hmm. in love 
that we are eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And mm-hmm. that's can be hard right now. And, yeah. and I think what we default to sometimes is just thinking we've got to agree on everything. Uh, and there's some things we can disagree about, you know, and I think we've all seen things on social media recently. And I saw a recent interaction with uh, some people where literally it was a person who was saying, I'm voting for this person. And someone commented and said, no. And then that person basically just said, well, if that's how you feel, we can't be friends. Mm-hmm. And these are people who've known each other for, and I just think, gosh, that is, we can't let ourselves get there as right. Christians. We can't write off anyone, Christian, non-Christian. We can't write off anyone right. because we have differing worldviews. Because you know that's really the antithesis of of what Jesus is called to do right. as part of His kingdom to love people, uh, and regardless of whether we agree on everything. And so we want to just talk uh, about about that today. How do we approach this? Different perspectives, different worldviews, and maintain the the bond of peace. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, before we talk about what we do with the differing views, I think it's important to understand why we have the differing views that we have. Um, Each of us have a conscience, if that's the right word for it. And so, you know, each of us kind of have these values, these beliefs, these ways that we uh, view the world, that we view people, that we view everything. And our conscience uh, has to be informed. I think Andy Stanley is the first person I ever heard say that. So a lot of people think, oh, well, this is just how I was wired. Like I just was born thinking the way I think about the world, but it's really our experiences, Mm -hmm. our upbringing, teaching uh, that inform our conscience. And so each of us are are viewing the world. We have a view of the world in in some way that has been shaped again by our experiences or what we've been taught. Mm -hmm. Well, America in in its formation, at least from the majority of people who formed America as an independent nation had a collective conscience. And, and, and the Declaration of Independence expresses this collective conscience, this shared view of um, how life should be and how society should be. And I'll just read a small part of the Declaration of Independence. It says, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and pursuits of happiness, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their powers from the consent and the governed. So there, there we see that you know they they say these truths are self-evident. So they're basically saying, duh, these things are yeah. you know these things are how they should be, and they are that all men are created equal. And that they are endowed by their Creator. You see that in our in our government declaration of independence, with certain unalienable rights, and those are life. So they should have the right to live, liberty. That's freedom, and to be able to pursue the life uh, that they believe brings them happiness. And so the government is given its power from those people to protect that right of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And that's for all people now. You can easily look at our nation's history and then say, well, that hasn't always been true for all people. But what I would suggest to you is that the civil rights movement and other liberties that have been given to people who maybe their lives did not reflect that, the appeal was that. The appeal was, we hold these truths to be self-evident. And so that's what informed these movements right. is that, yes. hey, we recognize that this is wrong. Right. And as a collective conscience, you know, though there were dissenters and right. people who did not right. ascribe to that, as a collective conscience, we're saying this is wrong. And we as a country 
must do something different. Right. The problem was not the philosophy. The problem was the philosophy wasn't being practiced. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, again, it isn't always, it's never going to be practiced the way it should be, but the appeal has been, this is what we should be like. Now, the problem today <laughs> is that- Because we, we know we got a problem. <laughs> yeah, is that we do not share that collective conscience mm. anymore. You know, I, and I think last week I picked on conservatives, you know, and again, I said last week, I hate that phrase and I hate the phrase liberal, but conservatives more. And this week, it sounds like I'm picking on, you know, liberals more, but I would say that certainly there is from those who would label themselves as progressive, a move away from the Declaration of Independence and certainly a move away from the fact that the creator is the one who has given us these rights. And we have two opposing views of where we should go from here. And I think in, even in those two opposing views, there's like subgroups of views. Yes. Where it's, and, and so we're like, we've got these factions and fractions of, of culture who are like, this is my tribe and this is my tribe and this is my tribe. And we're all against each other and everyone's wrong. And everyone is just, and, I, and we're just, mean right. <laughs> about it. I think the problem, there's applications for the church here and there's application for our country. I think the problem is, so so you have this group who doesn't like the way things are happening. And let, let's just for right now, let's say those who are progressive, you know, and again, I'm using that. That's a loaded, that's a general yeah. term. Yes, so yes, don't, general yeah, we're term. not trying to like yeah. point fingers yeah. or, yeah. You can email me, justin at churchonbayshore.org if you really want to debate <laughs> And that. I'll forward it to <laughs> Back to the civil rights movement. They said, hey, we're not, we're not where we should be. But now the progressive movement isn't saying we aren't where we should be. Let's get back there. It's reactionary to where we're not. So, so it's a counter narrative. And then on the other side, it's like, well, we don't like the progressive group, so we're not saying we need to be back where we should be. We're saying, well, we're going to create another counter-narrative. And so you have this counter-narrative, and that's what we see played out in our debates, right? Like, it's mm -hmm. not how do we get back to what we once were, you know, or what we're supposed to be. You know, it's, it's, it's these counter-narratives instead of the meta-narrative of what America should be. So... Um, I don't know where that's going in our country. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, it's it's it is that like unknown. Like okay, like I none of us. I mean, I shouldn't say. I mean, maybe not. I don't think we should feel comfortable with where we are. No. As Christians, we we look forward and we you know we want as we said last week that Thy kingdom come, Your will be done. And we know that we're called to do that regardless of how things go forward in our country. But, um, you know, there's that tension of, so what do we do right now? And I think if we don't know where we're going, let's, let's talk about this. Then how did we get here? <laughs> so how did we go from this collective yeah. conscious to really yeah. these uh, competing, uh, competing consciences? Is that how we can say that? Yeah, I mean, I think that the Christian can overanalyze how we got here. I do, I do, think, I do think that we have to recognize what happened in Israel and what has happened to the church. And I'm not talking about America, I'm talking about the church because a lot of Christians view America as the new Israel, which is just not true. You know, I mean, we're not the new Israel. That's not clear in the Bible. God does not say to America, if you call by my name, humble yourselves and call by my name, I'll heal your land. Like mm -hmm. he says, if my people, that's not America. You know, that's that's God the church, you know, if, if that's applicable to today. Um, and it's interesting, too, because a lot of people who say America is the new Israel, 
don't believe that we should let all refugees in, but Israel was supposed to let all refugees in. So, And I'm not saying we should, just to be clear. I'm just saying that just shows that you don't actually believe America's the new Israel. Anyway, I kind of got off track there. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think that what happened in Israel is a warning to the church. In Deuteronomy 8, God is saying to them as they go in the land, hey, you've been through this imprisonment, essentially, the slavery in Egypt for 400 years. You've been through the wilderness. And now you're going to go into the land flowing with milk and honey, and you're going to drink from wells that you didn't mm-hmm. dig, and you're going to be blessed. Don't forget me. Yeah. And what happens? They, they forget. forget him. And I would say to the church, God has blessed us in America with incredible amount of resources to do his work. Mm-hmm. I mean, missions-wise, I mean, what we could do. And yet the prosperity has caused us to forget God. Like we get almost soft to like, oh, well, yeah. we need bigger this and more of this for us. Right. Yeah, For it's a kind of a, it becomes a self-focus. Yeah. Of, yeah of and we assume the gospel with our children. And so then we have this group of children who we think, just because they're our kids, they're going to be Christians. Mm-hmm. They're going to do the Christian things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is arrogance that came in Israel as well. Same thing happened in Israel. So what do we do? How do we respond to that? Like we recognize, okay, so this is the issue. How do, as a Christian, what do we do about that? Yeah, well, I, th- I think that it goes back to what we talked last about last week, key, you know, in kingdom living. And we call people to the kingdom. And, and, and if we really believe as Christians the gospel, and we believe the word is true, then we believe that every person is, is why there's something wired in them to long for the kingdom. And so we are then called to proclaim that kingdom and to live according to the principles of the kingdom. If this country isn't what we want it to be and people are trying to make it something we don't want it to be, then let's give them, at least in our neck of the woods, you know, uh, on the Boggy Bayou or wherever we may be, let's give them a compelling way to live. Um, I, I do think that those uh, friends of mine, and it's a lot of people who are my age and younger, you're reacting to some of the problems of the church and you're tying that so closely to the Republican Party, and I understand why, but then you're really reacting, and again, I'm non-party affiliated. You're, you're, you're reacting not very logically. You know? And so you would say things like, well, we need to keep beliefs out of politics or faith out of politics. It's like back to the beginning of what we're saying. Everybody has a conscience. It's informed. and it, Everybody's got a belief. Yeah, everybody yeah. has a belief. To say, I believe that you should not bring your beliefs publicly. It's like, That's well, that was a public belief, belief you just made. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, I think that, you know, and you saw that with you know the a- Amy Barrett, you know who's 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 this very successful woman uh, judge, you know, and I'm not going to get into all the nuances of that, but one of the big critiques was, mm, well, yeah. she has faith. It's like, Whoa. well, she never brought that up. Yeah, she <laughs> she said I can set, I can you know I can make just rules, <laughs> right. you know, all we all have beliefs and fa- you know we're all going to interpret through those filters. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so, so it's very impressive. So I really do think like. I think the application here is different for both sides. I think on once, but I think both sides need to recognize like there's a reaction happening mm-hmm. and addressing the true problems and not not ignoring those. And I, I think at least in my home, like I might be right about something with my children or my wife, but until I acknowledge, okay, I realize like I didn't communicate this like I should, or for for five years. I did this, but I haven't done that in two years. I've fixed that. But like just acknowledging my error really does 
cause them to say, oh, okay, like, what he's saying is right. Mm-hmm. But they, they're, they're, they feel a certain way about yeah. what I've done. I think we come from this posture of, I'm right, and I'm going to show you how right I am, and it's not from this posture of humility and love. And so I, I say sometimes, it's like, it doesn't matter if you're right, if you're not loving, you're wrong, because no right. one's going to listen to that. And so, like, as we engage with people who have differing uh worldviews, different perspectives, like bottom line, like as Christians, you know, specifically yeah. as Christians, we have to begin with this, this, like if we understand who we are and who God is, like we can't be proud. Right. So even if we believe wholeheartedly, like I am just right, like we have to be humble Yeah. and we have to be loving. And I think, you know, I think we've, I've seen this and people maybe have said it and you may disagree with this and it's okay, but I've heard People on both sides of where we are politically right now, you know, Republican, Democrat, say things uh, like, I don't think you can be a Christian and vote for fill in the blank. And that I've heard it on both sides. So it's not just people who saying who are voting for Trump saying, if you vote for Biden, how can you be? And a lot of times that's, you know, motivated by uh, pro-life and, you know, being against abortion, which... As Christians, we should be absolutely pro-life. Right. Um, but I've also heard you know, that said about you know supporters of Biden. Like, how can you support him, and how can you be a Christian? And do you know? And, and there you know, a lot of times talking about the way that you know his demeanor, and either it, and then it gets complicated to be like, well, that's just the media. This and it. So let's just pause. It's complicated. Right. <laughs> it's nuanced, but I think it's boggy. It's boggy. But we cannot say. Like, to say that you can't be a Christian and vote for, like, like there's things you can say that in Scripture, but we're, but like, that are clear black and white, like, you know, a Christian shouldn't do this because it's clearly God's command. But, like, to, to say you can't be a Christian and do this is, like, to add to Scripture. Right. It's really, yeah. really dangerous right. for us. And I, I personally know people on both sides who, like, I know, like I know that I know that I know that they know that they know mm-hmm. that they love Jesus and are following him yeah. and are doing what they, you know, even they share some of the same, many of the same values, not right. just as kingdom, but even politically, but they say that this is how I'm voting based on what I think is the best decision for my, this, like the conscience of beliefs. Yeah. But first and foremost, like we are for my scripture, and because of that, we love people. Yeah. And that is yeah. priority over being, I have to win this argument. Right. You know, like at the end of the day, like we are going to disagree about some things. Yeah. I know they're not members of our church, but I, I saw on Facebook just a couple of days ago that, you know, somebody was getting into it about something on Facebook and then they just said, okay, well, you're a liberal. And like, okay, <laughs> now I've written you off. Yeah. And I think, you know, that that is sobering. But I think what is more sobering, Justin, is that there are people who believe that they're going to stand before God and say, well, I always voted Republican and I was in the U S military and you know, I sang, I stood for the national anthem and like a, you know, personally, I mean, just based on platforms, I've, I'm non-party affiliated, but I've always voted Republican and I'm thankful for our U S military and I stand for the national anthem, but none of that gets me into heaven. Mm. So it's like, yeah, it, I, I think the, the, maybe not the greater concern, but maybe the more close to home concern is if we say somebody's not a Christian, like you said, because they vote for so-and-so, 
then are we saying we are Christian because mm, we do because that? Because I did things? do this. And that yeah. is diminishing the work of Christ. And, and, and I think like, you know, so Paul warns us as a church to judge ourselves, not to mm. judge the world. And I think that's the, if I were to give any closing application to the church, it would be that we've got to say, what does God need to do in us? You know, so that we can live for the kingdom. And I love that Paul said in 1 Corinthians to the, them, you know, he said, hey, there's these people who are, you know, sinners, the, the immoral brothers, all these people. And he says, and such were some of you. Mm, yeah. You know, that's who we were too. And, and Christ, is, Christ has either redeemed us from all that or Christ has redeemed us and saved us from ever doing any of that. Mm. You know, in our life. Absolutely. I think, you know, we talk about our rights. Like, I have a right for that. I have a right to this. You know, and I think of, you know, Paul writes in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 9. He's like, I have these rights, but I lay aside my rights so that I might win as many as possible. Yeah, that's right. I think it's like we as Christians in all of this, you know, from the kingdom perspective, got to say, like, I'm willing to lay down my right to be right in order that I may win as many as possible. And I think... You know, we've we've got to be people who, um, you know, I think about this. Like, so many people are writing people off relationally right now because of differing views of political things. Even Christians are writing each other off over things like this. And I think, like, I I, I can't stand before God and say, well, I just I was done with them because we right. didn't see eye to eye on this mm-hmm. issue. And I think Christians, we've got to remember, like, if if you are compelled by the love of Christ. And if you love him first, like above all, then you can't write people off. Mm-hmm. Like we will not lock eyes with anybody ever who was not created by God. Yeah. Like in, in his, his image, image like right. the Imago Dei, like created in the image of God. And we just can't write people off no matter how wrong we think they are. You know, we can't just like they're they're created as in his image as eternal beings and they will be eternally alive with Christ or separated from him. Mm -hmm. And am I willing because of my pride and my desire to be right about an issue to burn that bridge so that I have no relationship with them because Mm -hmm. I mean, how else may they hear the gospel? I don't know. And so we've got to like kingdom first, you know, Mm -hmm. kingdom of God first. And, you know, so I think, you know, wrap this up. Like, what would be some practical, like, like, how to have a conversation about hard stuff? You know, like, this it's hard, and it's yeah. uncomfortable. How, how would you approach that? Yeah, I think, you know, what's, as you're talking, what's heartbreaking to me is this is true of families. Yeah, wow, yeah. You know, like, it's, it's, it's because there's a generational, you know, difference in how we view the world, and... You know, I, I think that a lot of families are torn by this. I think if I were to, you know, it's hard to it's hard to give a lot of practical here other than, you know, if I'm right, but I treat somebody like garbage, then I'm wrong. I mean, as a Christian, I mean, 100%. I mean, Jesus was so right in, in everything. Mm. And yet, even with the Pharisees, there's this shrewdness, I guess, if you want to use that word, but it it's 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 a Christ likeness because he is, I mean he's Jesus but it's it's a it's a love it's a it's a kindness um, so I think that's important and then I think you know again I think like if I'm have a non Christian in my family and they believe different than me about abortion and they different believe different than me about homosexuality and they did believe different than me about the economy like the greatest problem is that they believe different 
about who Jesus is and who they are. Like, I need to focus on that more than I need to focus on, you know, their sexuality. And I really do believe a lot of Christians would rather have a morally similar person than a person who's been saved. And I, that goes on both sides. Yeah, and I think it's like we want them to get everything right <laughs> before they know Jesus. I'm like, I didn't do that, and I don't even have everything right now. Right, <laughs> like, right. You know, and it's that, yeah, we want clean. We want people just to be tidy Gosh, and not yeah. messy, and uh, Jesus is the one who changes us, and that happens first. And I think, too, it's just, you know, I think there's it's okay to just say, you know what, man, I really see this differently than you. Yeah. But, but I love you, and yeah. And that's okay. Like, yeah. I mean, I want, but but also seek understanding. Yeah. Like, say, well, you're wrong about this and you're wrong about that. Yeah. Say, hey, can you, I really, I, because I don't understand. Right. If, you, if we will be humble, I say, yeah. you, if we will be humble and say, hey, yeah. I, I really, I'm wrestling with how, like, I don't understand how you came to this conclusion. Will you just explain it to me? And not arguing how they came to that conclusion necessarily, you know, listening and then maybe you ask some more questions. Hey, okay, well that doesn't make sense. To me. Can you clarify that? And and you you might actually get somewhere in a conversation, and you might actually learn something. Right. And as we said weeks before, like you might actually learn that wow, there's some aspects of a right. or some perspectives you just we haven't thought of yeah. because we're not all knowing and omniscient. And so, if you can't do that, I don't know how you can be married. I don't know how you can raise adult children. Right, like, right. have successful relationships. At all, just like, you know, yeah. Yeah, so much. Francis just says, this is a book, about, a book about marriage. He says, so many issues are just solved when we choose to be humble. Right. Yeah, I <laughs> like, I, I just don't know. Be comfortable with that yeah. answer. So, yeah. well, um, that wraps up our time uh, today. Unless you've got anything else to add on. No, I'm excited about next week. Yeah, so next week we have uh, Pastor Dean and Sarah from City Church in Tallahassee, author of the book Unsaved Christian, uh, who's going to be joining us for Boggy Talk. And we're going to be continuing this conversation about God and country. He's going to be sharing so his perspective. You know, his church is in Tallahassee, so two big influences, uh, FSU, Florida State University, and other universities there as well. But that's a major university. And also, that's the capital. So there's a lot of politics happening <laughs> <Yeah>. in Tallahassee. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, just from, you know, it's a different context uh, of ministry than it is here in Boggy, in Boggy Bayou, Niceville. Uh, so we're, we're excited. If you have some questions for us or anything... Uh, week four, we would love to just answer some questions. So if you've got questions, uh, we want to encourage you to send us a message on Facebook. Email justin at churchonbayshore.org. Or if you have questions for Dean uh, that we can ask, uh, feel free to send those as well. Uh, we look forward uh, to hearing from you. Uh, and just remember, as we shared before, you know, like you are created. All people, we are created in the image of God. And he loves you. And he wants to to be in relationship with you. And he sent his son, Jesus, to make that happen. And so uh, just know that you are loved. And yeah, if you're running from God, you cannot outrun his grace. Amen. Thank you for listening to Boggy Talk. Join us next week for week three of God and Country. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a beat.